Well, you are, you're in the presence of a record today. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Um, the preacher brought to the stage here 24 pages of notes, um, which that's, a, that's not a joke or serious. I actually did, which makes me nervous and it probably makes you more nervous because I know some of you have like a football game at three o'clock. So we'll be out by then, I promise. Um, but we got through first service, okay. But we're gonna, if you have a Bible, I'm gonna invite you to open up to uh, Proverbs, um, the whole book. And so we're gonna be looking at that today as we think about your best you being wise. Um, We've been looking at that theme the last few weeks. Uh, last week, we talked about your best you is free, as Don referred to. Um, and today, we want to talk about your best you is wise. There are all kinds of sources that advice and uh, people trying to give you their version of wisdom come to us. Uh, this week uh, on Twitter, I, uh, I did not know that Mr. T had a, um, a Twitter account, but he does. And Mr. T is a Christian. I didn't know that really either, um, but he is. And so he tweets out, uh, as I look back through his thing, Bible verses, and there's nothing better than the uh, Mr. T Bible version. Because uh, if you read the Bible in Mr. T, it just takes on a whole new meaning to us. And so I would attempt my, uh, my best Mr. T um, impersonation, but I would fail at that miserably. So I'm just going to read you his tweets. Middle of my week, I was just cruising through the week, and, and this is what Mr. T encouraged me with. Um, does somebody do a Mr. T? Am I actually have you? Okay, no? Okay, okay. But Brad? No, okay. Okay, very good. All right, anyway. Okay. Anyway, all right. Anyway, uh, Mr. T said this, all right? And uh, Jesus said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Matthew 5, 44. The admonition, love your enemies, is one of the greatest statements Jesus ever made. Love in this passage is love that originate from God himself. Man is not capable of loving his enemy on the basis of mere human affection, but withers on the base or determines on the basis of the love of God Almighty. We are fighting two contagious deadly viruses. One is COVID-19 and the other is hate. We got vaccinations for COVID and the love of God for all the haters. The vaccine works when it's injected into our arm. The love of God works when you invite him into your heart. Uh, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, Romans 12, 21. I pity the fool, okay? And so, and so uh, he actually has that on his little Twitter bio. So, um, and so, uh, so I say that for two reasons. Number one is, um, um, I'm gonna talk for a long time, so I needed to share that. And so you may be pitying yourself as we go here. Anyway, I'm kidding, we're not gonna talk too long. But, um, but Mr. T brought me some advice, some wisdom. I never thought about Mr. T being a source of wisdom to my life, but he was. And so I have a better source though. I've got the Bible, I've got the book of Proverbs, right? When you think of wisdom in scripture, um, maybe your mind goes there. Come in the Old Testament, you're gonna go to, um, to Proverbs. You're probably in the New Testament, gonna go to James. Those are kind of books that we tend to think of. If I wanna be wise about things in life, we tend to approach those things from that perspective. So advice and wisdom can come from many sources. And the Bible though has a, a version that helps us. And so your key verse in your uh, Core 52 this week was from Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. It said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, fools, despise wisdom and instruction. All right, so if you listen to everything I read today from the Mr. T interpreting, you'll just, you'll, this will be a fun sermon, okay? So, but, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so the Bible is inviting us to pursue wisdom um, in its pages. And the book of Proverbs is key to that. And so 
If I had time today, uh, we would just begin in chapter 1 and read all the way through chapter 31. We don't have that time, though. Um, but, uh, so we're going to kind of zoom through a lot of things here, looking at the book of Proverbs from a rather, uh, from what was unique and, and fun for me to look at. I hope it will be for you too. And so um, what Proverbs does in several places is it introduces us to characters. It kind of personifies certain traits with a name. And as you read through those names keep appearing throughout scripture and throughout the book of Proverbs. And so um, the first character, I think one of them you meet is, is Lady Wisdom or Woman Wisdom. Uh, I like Lady Wisdom better, but um, you can call her whatever you want. But she appears to us in Proverbs chapter one, verse 20. And um, Solomon, as he wrote Proverbs, he kind of personifies wisdom as a lady standing on the streets and she's hollering out for anyone who would listen to come and listen to her and learn from her. But she's not just a nice lady who says, take it or leave it. She's also got a threat to her. If you ignore me, you do so to your great detriment. And so this is what she says in Proverbs 1. It's out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways." and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. In other words, as Paul would later say, they reap what they sow. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. The Lady Wisdom comes and invites us to listen to her. We don't have to. There's certainly a choice there. But I've underlined a few of the names that uh, are characters that, that Proverbs presents to us. People who are simple or, or the mockers or, or fools or the simple, as I said before. Um, those kinds of characters, those names appear throughout the book of Proverbs. And they're all a, a description of, of a person, of a characteristic that can be true of any of us. And all of us, maybe at different times in our life. And so um, I read a wonderful little article um, that I'm basing much of this on. So I want to give credit to Alex Copen. I think he lives in England. I don't know if he'll ever hear this or not, but I want to give credit to him because I loved the way he did this. And, and he put, took these characters and he, he put them in, put verses and stuff together that much of this is shaped upon. So I will give credit to him. But Proverbs in very many ways is a simple book that deals a lot with cause and effects, right? This, if you are this, this is the fruit of your life, these kinds of things, how things are and the consequences of the choice that we make. And so, um, one of the things I most appreciated, it kind of puts the book of Proverbs and some of those words like simple and mockers and fools and all those kind of things, he kind of lays it out like if you were to look at a timeline of your life, right? You start off as a cute little baby and you move throughout your 
elementary years, your adolescent years, your, your early adult life, and then you move into adulthood and all those kind of things. Um, in the book of Proverbs, you can kind of lay it out in that same pattern. For example, um, we all start off foolish. And I put foolish in parentheses because when the Bible talks about foolishness that is bound up in the heart of a child, it is not making a moral judgment about the child, saying the child is, is somehow lost or, or worthless or in deserving of judgment. They are just talking about that all of us are born and we start off at a stage of foolishness, right? All of us as kids, you may have been cute, but there was foolishness that was bound up in your life. Um, and so we all have to go through those stages where eating dirt and sucking on your toes and pooping in your pants and all those kind of things, we need to move on from those kinds of things, right? Because that's kind of that foolish stuff. And then we grow up and we move beyond that stage. Well, Proverbs twenty-two fifteen highlights this, that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of, and the emphasis on this word is in discipline, not rod, but discipline will drive it far away. And so it's this picture of, of all of a sudden this becomes a, a kind of a parenting sermon in a little ways, um, a little way, um, and that there's a deeper theme that we could explore there if time allowed. But again, just this process of growth, um, that, that foolishness that we're just born with, just, we just don't know much better, but that discipline in an environment where someone loves us and cares, us, cares for us and is training us and is guiding us and has consequences when we kind of stray away and all those kind of things, that kind of environment of discipline is what begins to shape us in the path of wisdom. And as we do so, uh, that folly, that, that foolishness that's bound up in our heart, it begins to maybe get some training to it and some direction to it. And we begin to cast off some things, hopefully, over time as that environment shapes us in the right direction. Well, then we move through those um, foolish years and we move to what Proverbs uses, another word that's probably for our, maybe our teenage years or early 20 years. Um, and again, it's not a moral judgment word. It's just a natural fact, this is who we are, that we progress to the simple stage. Uh, the Proverbs uses this word simple to describe a person who hasn't necessarily had enough life experiences to have a good context in order to make some life choices. Um, doesn't make them bad. That just means that's where they are in life, right? If you ever start a new job or you're doing some new thing, you get to that stage where you know what you want to do and you're doing things, but you've just never done it before. And there's just that, um, that simpleness about that. The Solomon writes that, that children who have not been properly disciplined by loving parents or those who are not yet fully matured, they walk into these early parts of their life in kind of a limbo state. It's kind of the simple stage that the simple person can go in one of two directions. They can go in the direction of wisdom or they can go in the direction of foolishness. And when the Bible talks about foolishness as an adult, it's not that simple, cute thing that kids were eating dirt. It's, it's about serious things, about character judgments and how we act and how we treat people. And, and we think of God and we think of ourselves. And so there's kind of that simple stage. And so what is it that determines whether a person heads down a path of wisdom or heads down a path of, of foolishness um, from that simple stage? Well, Proverbs is pretty clear that it keeps coming back to this idea that what we become after that, through that stage of simplicity in our life hinges on how we receive correction. It, it, all over the place, you find verses like this from Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7, that whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you, but if you reprove or correct a wise man, he will love you. 
And so that path, that fork in the road that oftentimes determines whether I head down a path of wisdom or I head down a path of foolishness is really the attitude of my heart about how do I take correction and discipline and training in my life? How teachable am I? You see, the teachable person is going to be shaped. They're going to grow. They're going to morph down a path of wisdom. But the unteachable person, the hard-hearted, the one who, who is, says no one can tell me what to do, that kind of spirit, that person's going to head down a path of foolishness. And so there's those two paths that, that really every day we decide, how teachable am I going to be today? And so those three things, and so um, that idea is, is important. And so there's three words that kind of describe that, that movement as we move from foolishness in, in our young years and simplicity, and, and we begin to make choices about our life. Um, there are kind of three words that Proverbs uses to describe which, which direction a, a life will go. There's folly or foolishness. There's, we can stay in that stage of simplicity um, and wisdom. So there's wisdom, simplicity, and foolishness. And those three choices, but the danger of staying in that simplicity stage is that usually they tend to get sucked into the foolish stage because they're just simple and they're just going along with too many things. And so it's really the two extremes in that middle ground that we have to kind of navigate ourselves, our ways through. And so as children are born foolish, Discipline drives that foolishness out of, it, out of us. And as we enter adolescence and young adulthood, we then enter that simple stage. And during that simplicity, we must make conscious choices whether we will grow by valuing and chasing Lady Wisdom and her rebuke and her teaching and her guidance or refusing to learn. We have those options before us. The best case scenario for those who do not choose to be wise is that they stay in that simple stage. But the more common result is that folly and simplicity begin to have a, an evil edge to them. They devolve and they reduce us into a very selfish kind of living. And so the rest of what we're gonna talk about here today, that was page one, only 23 pages to go. You can relax, okay? We're making progress. That was, I'm kidding. We're on page seven, we're good. And so, um, and so uh, um, anyway, there's nine character traits or characteristics or, or characters, we might say. There's probably more, but these are the nine we wanna highlight here today. That, that Proverbs warns that if you don't choose the path of wisdom, this is some of the characteristics that may grow into your life down this path of, of the fool, of foolishness. And so um, the first two were probably bigger, broader ones, and then there's little things, but you may have some of these, you may have none of these, but uh, or you'll have some of them, I bet, if you're choosing down, going down a path of, of, of the fool. And so let's look first of all, at first of these nine is number one is the fool, all right? The fool is used 40 different times in the book of Proverbs, and it would be a fun thing to look through all 40 of those because there's all kinds of character traits that Proverbs draws out and says, this is what the fool looks like in their life. Now, when I was in high in school, not probably high school too. When I was in school, I uh, I worked hard to be the class clown. I know you can't believe that about me, but I, I did. I probably had some emotional things going on. I don't know. I, all kinds. Who knows? But why I did it? But that was just what I did. I I, I worked hard. I, I was proud of that all the time. And so uh, to be the distraction, to be funny, and all those things. Um, and there's a little bit of that wrapped up in this description, right? The person who's not going to lead the class in a different direction, be disruptive, all those kind of things that um, maybe wasn't my best moments. Um, 
I thought I was funny though, but it wasn't. <laughs> Proverbs takes that idea. You'll always also seen like the, the, the gesture, right? The, the court gesture that in the medieval ages, we think, well, that's a funny guy. He came in and amused the king. But in ancient Israel, to be that person, to be thought that person was an insult, right? It, it, to be put it bluntly, they thought that that person was hopelessly stupid, right? And so that phrase, that idea to be that kind of person wasn't a trait that their culture elevated, all right? It wasn't a positive thing to be known as. And so Proverbs draws out this idea of the fool more than any other character that you might want to look at. It is the opposite of what wisdom is inviting us to and calling us to in this book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 and 16 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlooks an insult. So you see the contrast, right? The fool is this and the, the wise are being down this kind of path. There's a contrast there drawn out between them. And um, like I said, I, it'd be fun to look at all these, but it would be, if you find like a little concordance or just go to like a, a Bible gateway kind of thing and just put in the fool in Proverbs, it'll show you all these verses. But things like these are characteristics of the fool in Proverbs. They deny God's existence. The fool says in his heart, there is no God or they're, they're loud, or they're chattering, or they're undisciplined in their life. They lack knowledge. They are slanderous. They blurt out arrogance, anger, and folly. They are reckless. They bring trouble onto themselves. They feed on trash. They are unteachable. They delight in folly. They think of themselves as being wiser than everyone else. They are endlessly repeating their folly. They are quick to quarrel. They speak without thinking. They are infectious. In other words, that spreads to other people. They cannot be changed or helped. They despise wisdom. They can't deliver messages that they're unworthy, uh, untrustworthy people. They rage or they scoff in court. They die from their own lack of judgment. They spread folly. They despise their mother. They ruin their father's life. They're outraged and dangerous if interrupted. In other words, fools are unrighteous. They are unwise. They are unrealistic. They're undisciplined. They're unrelatable. They're unteachable. They're unpleasant. They're unliked and undesirable. It's not a trait that most people would say, well, I want to be that. But that's not where we want to be. But when we choose that path of rejecting wisdom, all of a sudden the selfishness of that other life becomes it becomes a growing trait in our life and, and the foolish characteristics begin to grow within us. And so we are called to, to look at that and to say, which one of those do I want to be? Which character will I be? Will I reject that or will I embrace that? And so there's the fool. And then the next one really takes the foolishness, puts it on steroids and, and amps it up even more. And it's the evil or the wicked character in the book of Proverbs. It's, it's the evil or the wicked. Proverbs chapter one, before we even come to the woman who stands in the street inviting us to wisdom, you find this character who, again, is just at his very core, and a lot of what he or she does is just intent on evil and wickedness. Um, they don't, uh, there's no remorse. They take pleasure in the pain of other people, those kinds of things. And Solomon gives great warnings for this. He encourages us to stay far away from that kind of person in Proverbs 1 verse 10. It says, my son, if sinful men, if wicked men, if evil men or, or women <laughs> entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. 
we will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. In other words, let's just do violence. Let's take advantage of other people because we can, we can gain from that. There's wickedness in that. Um, cast lost with us. In other words, jump in with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where, where every bird can see it. In other words, this is not going to end well for them. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. And so they're devious. They delight in doing wrong. They're perverse in their words. They entice others to join them. They rejoice in evil. They cannot sleep until they cause someone else to fall in some way. They plot evil, their deeds, their sins, and snare not only others, but themselves. They detest the upright. They hate people of integrity. They don't understand or want justice. They earn deceptive wages. They're dishonest at every level. They crave evil. They refuse to do what is right. And on and on, Proverbs could list what the evil or the wicked character would be. And so, again, two paths and those characteristics. But then these next seven, um, kind of a little more specific. They're not just general characteristics. They're, they're more specific about certain ways that, that wickedness and the path of selfishness and pride can affect us. And so one of them is, is the adulteress. In Proverbs chapter 6, you're given this very vivid picture of this woman who entices this young man who we're going to see is described as simple. Again, in that stage of life where he doesn't know better yet, but yet this woman knows exactly what she's doing. And, and you can reverse the genders on this. You can do This is just written from a father to a son. He says this in Proverbs chapter 7. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and to insight, you are my relative. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. And then there's this scene. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a man who had no sense. Again, that's not an insult to him, it's just he lacks experience. He doesn't see the big picture of all this. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. And it skips down the next verses to follow, talk about her deceptive ways and how she seduces him. In verse 21, with pervasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, with deer stepping into a noose to let arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. So again, that picture of if we're not pursuing wisdom, we're gonna find ourselves in struggling. Years ago, I went to a, I think it was a Promise Keepers Pastors Conference, and I heard Chuck Swindoll describe that, speaking to men in that context, but certainly applies to all of us, but um, he said, if you can manage these four things well, you're going to do well with your life. They're silver, your money, sloth, avoid laziness, sex, or sex, which is pornography, TV counseling, all these kind of things, and pride. If you can manage those four things well, you're going to survive okay, probably in this world in a lot of ways. And that's what Proverbs is giving us wisdom about, is just helping us to guard our steps. So there's a wise way and there's not an unwise way. But there's not just the adulterous, there's also the sluggard, the sluggard. It's my favorite one of the nine that we're looking at because I like to go by my um, teenage son's room and say, 
You going to get up today, sluggard? And so, uh, um, which he does, he's always up. He always, he can say the same thing to me. But the sluggard, Proverbs chapter six, right? The funniest, and, and, and Proverbs has a, a sense of humor with this word. It's making fun of them. It's trying to have some humor in this. But it, it just encourages, um, and this isn't, if you take a nap today, I don't want you to feel guilty. Well, the preacher talked about being a sluggard. I can't nap today. That's not what this is about, is taking a Sunday afternoon nap. It's about taking a Sunday afternoon nap that never ends, right? It's that kind of life where there's no, dis, there's no desire to work hard. There's no desire to put any effort into anything. It's that sluggard laziness. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6 says this, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. In other words, it's diligent about things. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Uh, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcely like an armed man. So Proverbs goes on at different places to talk about just some of the, the warnings about uh, ignoring wisdom in this area of letting laziness take over our life. But then there's the gossip as well. The gossip. Uh, it, it, gossip is not harmless. We love gossip. We, we have a culture that feeds off of gossip, and that's so much what social media is. Uh, it's gossip. But gossip is not harmless. Even though it looks and feels, as we're going to see here, like a tasty meal, it is destructive to the dignity of people, to relationships, and to trust Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20 says, Without wood, a fire goes out, and without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. It goes on to say, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. And it was, they taste good. They go down to the inmost parts. But again, they, they just do so much damage in a subtle way. Proverbs 16, verse 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. We've all lived that. We've been guilty of that in all of our lives. And so we know that. But again, Proverbs is always inviting us. There's a way of wisdom about how you speak and how you treat others. And yet we can ignore that and we can allow this gossip to become who we are. There's the miser, the miser, which is basically Scrooge in all of his glory. It's the person who hoards for himself, who has no regard for anyone's need or what they might need in their life. No, no empathy, no sympathy for others. There's just simple greed, selfishness, and a plainly miserable type who wants to hoard everything for his or herself. Um, Proverbs 23, verses 6 and 8 says, Do not eat the food of a begrudging host. In other words, you're eating their food, but you know, as he says, do not crave their delicacies, for he's the kind of person who always thinking about the cost. You know, you just can't relax, enjoy it, because you know they're doing the math in their head. Uh, Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the little you have eaten. In other words, it's not going to sit well, and you will have wasted your compliments. So there's the, um, the, the miser. There's the scoffer. The one who is always negative, who always has a negative word to say about everything, is similar to the mocker in other parts of the Bible and in, in Proverbs, depending on your translation. This type of fool looks down on others and bitterly pours contempt or ridicule or derision on them, taking pleasure in their misfortune. This refers to the chronically negative person who never finds any good in anything. The type who would, if you gave them a check for a million dollars, they would find a way to talk bad about you in the end. It's just that that's who they are. Proverbs 21 verse 24 says, The scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. The scoffer stands in contrast, though, to the wise. 
Proverbs 19, 25, strike a scoffer, discipline them, in other words, and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding and he will gain knowledge. So there's pride, there's arrogance, causes strife, insults, quarrels, stirs up all kinds of things. It's simply the scoffer. There's the glutton. Now we've gone to preaching here. There's the glutton, all right? So we've all been that, right? It's uh, the glutton. Is, is more than just simple greed. It's willfully indulging yourself in a way that it's, you indulge yourself to the point of not being able to help anybody else. Um, using resources, food, whatever it may be, to the point of there's nothing left or you give nothing for others. 23.19 says this, Listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. So again, just the warning of that mentality in, in working with us. And right with that is, is it mentioned in that text, the drunkard, right? The drunkard in Proverbs chapter 20 and 20, 20, chapter 20 and 23. Um, 23 says this, listen, my son, and be wise and set your heart on the right path. We just read this verse, didn't we? This is the one I was going to skip. We just read this verse, skip to the next one. Proverbs chapter 20, verse one says this, wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. So you get this picture of, of the excess of alcohol and what alcohol can do in our life. And there are a few more descriptive stories in the Bible that give a better picture of what alcohol can do and its destructive effects and what Solomon writes about in Proverbs 23, verse 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? It is those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things. Your heart will utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on top of a mast. They struck me, you, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. In other words, just the numbness of all that, that the drugs, alcohol can bring. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. Again, just the warning of the confused mind, the lingering over the drink, um, the complaints, the bruising, the hallucination, the, the victimhood and self-pity that can go with that, um, just the drowsiness, the lack of feeling that, that those things can bring. So all of those characters, and those maybe, you may know, identify with some of those, um, just because those are paths that lead us away from wisdom. Wisdom is trying to lead us down a path, and yet all these things we can become as we journey through Proverbs, and the warnings are there. And so you get all these negative things of wisdom versus what the fool and all the things that the foolish life can bring. But there's also this picture on the positive side. Proverbs is rich in giving you a picture of what wisdom looks like, what the experience of wisdom should be like. Proverbs 28, verse 26, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Then we go to Proverbs chapter three, those familiar words, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean out on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And then later on in verse 13 of that chapter, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom, 
and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. And so we could look at dozens of verses about the, the beauty of wisdom, but I will summarize them in statements like these. The fruit of a wise life is one that fears the Lord, who is prudent, who is disciplined, who is discreet, who shuns evil, guards his speech, honors God with his wealth. There is sound judgment. They are discerning. They are cautious in friendship. They are upright. They are guided by integrity. They are humble. They store up provisions for a difficult day. They avoid fools, adulteresses, and drunkards. They stay awake to work. They don't love oversleeping. And again, that's nothing against your nap this afternoon, but just be careful about tomorrow. Um, They're diligent. They guard their heart. They hold their tongue. They store up knowledge. They delight in wisdom. They keep secrets instead of gossiping them out. They're generous. They care for animals. They care about the injustice of the poor. Works is land. They listen to advice, rebuke, and correction. They overlook an insult. They are truthful. They promote peace. They gather money little by little. They are prosperous. They are kind to the needy. They are patient. They hate bribes. They love and care for their own soul. They restrain from drinking. They love justice. They save, not spend too much. They give thought to their ways. They take refuge from danger. They guard their soul. They stay away from fools. They discipline their children. They pay careful attention to the resources. They confess their sins. And and on and on it goes with this path of wisdom. One by one, we're encouraged on this path. And so we're on page 19. We're gonna do it, all right? So we're gonna quickly, I'm gonna look at the last five things here that... um, just are, are just where did we get this how do we get down that path right lady wisdom stands and invites us but what's what do those steps look like number one is this i think you have to want to be wise first if you don't want to be wise if you don't want that to be your story you're never going to head down that path because it's a harder path it's easy to be a fool painful but it's easy all right it's hard sometimes to pursue the path of wisdom because a lot of people don't want to go that way but you have to want it. You have to begin by desiring wisdom. Proverbs chapter four, verse eight. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. Proverbs 2, four. Search for them as you would for silver. Search for wisdom as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. So begin by desiring wisdom. Number two, wisdom is found by knowing the word of God. You have to be a person who is in God's word, learning it, reading it, studying it, finding it for yourself. Proverbs, or Psalm, Psalm 19, verse seven says this, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. So how do I navigate that path of simpleness? I know God's word, it can help me. Proverbs 18, verse four, wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. Number three, wisdom requires that we ask for it. We have to ask God for it. As we seek it, we ask God for it. James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Number four, wisdom is strengthened by realizing that life is short and wisdom is eternal. I love Psalm 90 because um, it's just a reminder. So much of the reason that we pursue the path of foolishness is because we think this is all we've got. And if this is all I've got, I've got to do something. I've got to build something. I've got to feel something. I've got to have something in this life. But Psalm 90 reminds us that this life is not all there is. Teach us, God, to realize the brevity of life. This is just a a fleeting vapor, a mist, so that we may grow in wisdom. 
And number five, wisdom is achieved through Jesus. Wisdom is achieved through Jesus. Solomon in the Old Testament was one of the wisest men there was. People came from all the nations around to listen to Solomon because God had given him the gift of wisdom. And then Jesus shows up in Matthew chapter 12, referring to that experience. The queen of Sheba also came and will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it for she came a long distance to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And now someone greater than Solomon is here. Jesus said he is the place living in him, through him, by him, knowing him, listening to his, his leadership in your life. And that's where he ends, but you refuse to listen. And so as we listen to Jesus, as we love Jesus, as we grow in Jesus, wisdom will just be a normal part of that that grows out of our life. Page 24, we made it, all right? And so um, I just wanna invite you, every one of us, me, you, all of us, we stand at that crossroads or that Y in the road every day. We have to ask, the, we, we have, we're asked the question intentionally or subtly, which path will I take today? Will I pursue a path of wisdom or will I pursue the path of the fool? And you and I are given that choice. And I just pray that as we think on those things, I hope that um, there's always that beautiful exercise, just read a proverb a day. Uh, there's one for every day of the calendar. It's a great exercise just to learn wisdom, knowing God's word and lots of other ways too. Um, just hearing it, listening to it, meditating upon it, asking God to say, God, how do I make this truth real in my life? And so um, I want to invite us just to pursue a life of wisdom in the Lord together. Let's pray, please. God, thank you for the gift of wisdom. Thank you that you don't leave us just to navigate this life alone or without a guide. It is your wisdom that helps us to navigate our relationships the use of our time, our tongues, our wealth, our, our everything. You give us guidance on all of these things in such practical ways. So Lord, help us to be a people who hear the invitation of, of you as, as Lady Wisdom, who invites us to come and to follow, to hear and to obey, to be rebuked and be teachable, to have hearts that are full of humility. And so Lord... Um, Wherever we need that wisdom today, we come and we ask for it. Maybe we're in some hard situations, we're stuck, and help us to be persistent in seeking after your wisdom. And through that wisdom, you will grow us and you will make us into the best version of ourselves that glorifies you and honors you through our lives. And so we pray these things in the name of Jesus. 